Our name is Sword and Laser, whether it's read sober or ripped. Podcast, Goodreads, Discord, patreon.com slash sword and laser. Subscribe. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And I have a disclaimer. Oh, what's that? Um, today's episode of Sword and Laser is being recorded in front of a live 15-year-old dog who is going to act like he needs to pee the entire time that I'm here, even <laughs> okay. though he doesn't. And it's going to distract me because... Do we because need Do we need a hand symbol if you need to like... Stop down so we like can... if he actually starts peeing, yeah. In if the he's room. like, if you're starting yeah. and he freaked yeah. out, uh, okay. the signal will be, Oh my gosh, Sawyer's peeing. Oh my Hold god, on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, he's laying down, he's laying down again now, but he's he knows me, he knows, like, oh, I, I can I can mess with him, I'll just get up and look at the door as if, like, I don't know, maybe I have to go. But if I went, he wouldn't go, he would just walk out in the backyard and try to eat dirt mm, or to stare at you, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or stare yeah. at the bushes as if there's something there, which there's not. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It's a good trick. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. that's my disclaimer. If suddenly I could become non-responsive or answer questions that weren't asked, uh, that 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 would be why. But I'm I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to lock it down, Veronica. We'll, we'll fix. We'll f- if if that happens, we'll fix it through the magic of editing. Mm. It'll be all good. Jim yeah. is a pro. He will he will see us through <laughs> to sound like the professionals we definitely no the, longer we are. We definitely aspire to have been <laughs> once. Aspire to once have been. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we are uh, Mary Chrysler. Um, happy crisis, um, <laughs> oh, <right>. Mary. <laughs> mm-hmm. Happy New Year. Uh, what did I say on Christmas Eve? I said. Uh, Happy Saint Verdanderus's day. I, I just looked up whatever because there's like twelve saints for every day on the Catholic calendar. Mm-hmm. So I said to all who celebrate. That's my favorite thing is to come up with something ridiculous and say to all who celebrate. To all who celebrate. To I want one of my favorite posts of all time. Boxing Day. One of my favorite posts of all time was Happy Thursday to those who celebrate. <laughs> nice. I actually don't know what Boxing Day is, and I no feel like I should look into that. The, if you because look into I am it, enjoying the sales. It's like looking I into a say. kaleidoscope. It will be yeah. a never-ending series of suppositions. The I've I've done this multiple times. The best that people can can figure out is that its roots were in rich people boxing things up like leftovers from the feast to give to servants. That's exactly what Saray just said. Saray and Chad just said that that that's the the day that they, all the leftovers were boxed up and given to the servants. But you'll find lots of other alternate explanations and the, 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 you know, the, the sort of veracity level for the, for the boxing up the leftovers is 57%. Like, you know, you Mm -hmm, can find mm -hmm. some evidence of it, but could be other things, so yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll look into it because, like I said, I am enjoying the sales. Um, there are good ones around here right now. So, <laughs> thank you, rich people. I guess. Thanks. I don't know. Weird, vague, rich people tradition. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what are you nomming on this holiday season? Peppermint, peppermint bark, peppermint almonds, peppermint popcorn. 
gingerbread people with peppermints stuck in them. I bet your burps smell great. They <laughs> do. I'm glad you asked. Yes. <laughs> they smell amazing. I love peppermint, by the way. This is not me complaining. This is my favorite time of the year. I, yeah. Halloween Halloween means pumpkin spice. To me, Christmas time means peppermint. I'm not that big. I like I like peppermint okay. Yeah. It's not something I seek out actively. Um, and I don't really care about it the rest of the year. It's like December eggnog, first on the hits, other hand. and I'm like peppermint. Ooh, Give eggnog, eggnog too. Eggnog. Yeah, I'm in, I'm into eggnog for sure. Yeah. Um, actually, we had we had some friends staying over last night, and they brought us a growler of highly alcoholic uh, eggnog, <laughs> and I'm still dry right now. I've been you know dry for two months now, mm. um, and it was that was that was a big challenge to yeah, to not to have forego. The, and they and the, they'd already so we mixed froze it. it. They didn't. They had they, already mixed yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. we did. We put it in a a bottle in the freezer. <laughs> so we'll see if it holds. Yeah. And until I decide I want to drink alcohol again. It probably um, will. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. That's, yeah. a, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good bet. Uh, what about um, what, so what, what have you been drinking? <laughs> Buble. Michael. No, <laughs> bubble. Buble. Bubbly. Bubbly water. Bubbly Just water? bubbly water. That's all you. Well, it's a that, brand. That's your holiday brand. feast. Is the Buble well, brand well, of bubbly water? Well, they. Um, Why they, are you trying to show me up here, Veronica? Oh, Tom, with all these drinking and your peppermint snacks. Yeah, I've just been having. Water. Well, I've been it's buying the little flavor bottles, and so you make your own. I have a sparkling a soda stream, <laughs> ah, so I have a soda stream, and gotcha. so normally I flavor it with like lemon ju- lemon mm-hmm. juice or mm-hmm. yuzu extract or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I started buying the little. Buble, little Buble flavor bottles. <laughs> and so I've been making, so instead of buying it at the store, like the 12 pack of, it's like LaCroix or it's like, um, yeah, or, or it's pe- like Pellegrino. Water. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Um, and so I just make, I just add the little drops in there now because I'm trying to drink more water because I'm, I'm really bad at staying hydrated. So if it has a little hint of flavor, I'll, yeah, I'll go for it. it. it this is a science fiction and fantasy podcast, by the it way, is, if you are it is. just listening for the first time. I don't know why you would think otherwise, but in case you were wondering. Weird, yes, right? It really is. Um, shall we jump into the quick burns? <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, Ruth on Goodreads and then Tom, not me, uh, also on our Discord mm-hmm. uh, and a few other people pointed out that Murderbot has been approved as a series for Apple TV. So this is not one of the situations where we're like, oh, it's been, you know, optioned and they're in development. This is happening. They've cast Alexander Skarsgård. Uh, you may remember him from Succession recently, uh, also uh, from True Blood. True Blood, the TV mm-hmm. series. Uh, and in related news, Mark noted that Martha Wells uh, interviewed Murderbot in the latest Fiction magazine, Friction, that's F parentheses R. Uh, reading requires you to purchase a subscription or you can just buy the individual issue. So I have not read it yet, uh, but I love the idea of Martha Wells interviewing the sec unit. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I I gotta listen to that. I wish I had seen this link before now. <laughs> um, but that's 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 gonna be great. Yeah. This this news came in hot like right after we we published the episode. The so TV that was, news. Yeah. 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 The TV news specifically. Um, and then that kind of brought on a conversation of like. Like, okay, well, I guess I have to picture Murderbot like one way or the other now because Murderbot in my right. mind was always so like gender ambiguous. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had a big discussion about how I always pictured Murderbot as being like, 
like more femme. Mm-hmm. And I think other people pictured Murderbot as being more, you know, male presenting or whichever. And so now it's, it's, uh, but then there's some great pictures of, of uh, Alexander Sarsgaard in drag too. So I, yeah. you know, I am happy with however he wants to be. Well, I um, just hope they don't become, look. I hope they don't become the first television show to just cast someone unreasonably attractive in a role. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> no, I was, I was being, I was being, I was being snarky because people are like, "Well, Alexander Skarsgård." That's not how I pictured Murderbot. It's like, yeah, because he's incredibly good looking. Like all actors, like whatever you cast so an good actor, looking. yeah. yeah. Uh, and I did not particularly, and I guess I was skipping through some of my own thoughts. Where I've actually always thought of Murderbot as kind of David Bowie ish, like androgynous. <sighs> you know, like don't really know. And Murderbot's pronoun is they to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I, I, I sort of never really landed, although the audiobook has a male narrator. So maybe I skew tiny bit on that side of the spectrum. Uh, but with Skarsgård, my biggest problem wasn't that Skarsgård is male, because I'm sure Skarsgård could play androgynous. Um, he, as you mentioned, <laughs> there are some amazing pictures uh, of him totally going across the line. But I guess not, that's not that's not androgynous. No, that's no, either. that's what I'm that's saying. Like, he, he's gone not, all the way yeah. across the line, so you know, pro- probably could play androgynous. Uh, but but, uh, but my first reaction was like, oh no, Sekuna wouldn't look like that. Like he's way too good looking. I, I did not imagine Murderbot, you know, being a being a Hollywood actor. And then I immediately started making fun of my own self for thinking that. I'm like, oh, so they weren't going <laughs> to cast an attractive Hollywood actor to play that? Of course they will. And they'll make him up to look like Murderbot. And then we'll all go, wow, amazing, looks like Murderbot. Because you know what, Alexander Skarsgård also not a vampire. I think I've been pronouncing mispronouncing his name for my entire adult life. Skarsgård. Skarsgård. What have you been saying? Sarsgård. Sarsgård. Oh. Skarsgård. 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 I don't know. Now I I can't tell. Now it's Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Sarsgård. Alexander. Huh. If you keep saying it, it starts to sound weird. I know if anyone has any early recordings they can find for me. It's spelled Skarsgård, but it's pronounced Smith. Smith, yeah, Jones, Mr. Jones. Um, all right, well, we're I'm excited for that. Regardless, that is definitely definitely one I'll be checking out. We're we're all huge fans of Murderbot over here. So. Yeah, skipping pack, past the Alexander Skarsgård yeah. of it all, uh, very excited and yeah, been pretty pleased with the producers Apple TV has has brought yeah. uh, along. Uh, these are the folks who did Foundation, which. I have not watched the latest season of, but it's not because I didn't enjoy the first season. It was just, it's just, you know, one of those like, oh, it's third on the list and I haven't got down to the third on the list kind of situation. But uh, I liked, I liked the new season actually quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, The second season. I do want to watch it. I just need to get to it. It was a, I will say, I agree with a lot of reviewers who said that like the first up, first one or two episodes was a little dicey, like was, was just kind of playing catch up a bit. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think the, the series, the, the season caught up with itself and was, was quite good after that. That's my opinion. And of one. All right. Seth says Tor has released their best of the year list. It's a nice format since they let the reviewers blurb each book a bit. Nice. I always look forward to the tour list because they're always kind of like in line with what I'm into being a, a fan of oh, tour. Yeah. 
Um, so let's see. How do we how do we go about this? Because it's kind of there's just great suggestions. I think we just here. tell people yeah. to read it because man, yeah, we'll spend all day going through all of the the things that they have in here. How, and you know, I, I gotta say, there's a lot on here I haven't read or even heard of. That's so I think that took the words right good. out of my mouth. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Martha Wells on here as well for Witch King. Annalee um, knew it's one that I've got on my Kindle. Terraformers mm-hmm. is on here. Uh, there, there I are would a lot really of like to check know. out Chain Gang All Stars. Like that one has come up again and again and again as being just a fantastic, interesting book. Martha Wells Witch King is on here. Yeah, I just said that. Told you that I was going to be distracted by the dog <laughs> and say <laughs> things that you had just. I, See earlier in disclaimer. Sorry, I did I, not hear you say that. I agree with Sarah and Chat. I tried to get into Terraformers. Maybe it's because I was listening to the audiobook. Um, it wasn't grabbing me at first. Um, so I maybe I need to give it another try. Did you did you read Terraformers all the way? No, Tom, I haven't. No, okay. I'm embarrassed okay. to admit that, but yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's, I'm it's, seeing mixed it's reviews on, my on Kindle. chat. Like, yeah. It's in the foundation. <laughs> It's in the foundation pile. <laughs> yeah. Hey, oh, I forgot to tell you. I gave so we talked on the podcast a long, long time ago about the the art of the culture, the um, which was the the Ian M. Banks uh drawings oh, from yeah. the culture series. Right, right. And so I ended up pre-ordering it and it arrived like three months ago, and I gave it to Ryan for Christmas, and he was blown away. Oh, that's great. Like the because he loves the culture. And so um, he, well, not the culture. He loves the, the series. <laughs> the series, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, he, the, the drawings, oh my God, they're incredible. They show like all the planets and the maps and oh, the wow. ships and everything. And they're all done by Ian. Um, and so it's just, it's a really lovely view into someone's world building and mm. like how they envisioned like the the story that they're telling. Oh, that's um, fun. So it's a huge coffee table book. It's super neat. That's great. That's great. I was um, very happy of, of for previous Veronica for thinking that far in advance and, and ordering something for I, Christmas. I got a compost bin, but you know that's great. <laughs> I'm sorry, you got a compost bin. <laughs> it was on Christmas? my wish list. My sister bought it for me. It's a very that's... nice compost bin. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Seth pointed out that David Drake died this week. Uh, Tor has a where to start reading guide to his work uh it's not mentioned but the series that seth liked by him was about the royal cinnabar navy which uh seth describes as a patrick o'brien in space sort of thing that vorkosigan fans would probably like and additionally from clyde uh who, who chimed in agreed the rcn books are quite good he also has some very good standalone titles Redliners, which came out of his experience in Vietnam, and Old Nathan, a sort of rural fantasy, come to mind. Uh, so, yeah, the passing of of David Drake, uh, notable, uh, long long time, uh, stellar author, and nice to get a couple of recommendations from from Seth and Clyde. Thanks for that. Absolutely, yeah, very sad. Thank you, thank you for those recos as well. Uh, Seth says more at up at up. Adaption. I think he meant adaptation. More adaptation news. Uh, the folks behind The Witcher and Wheel of Time adaptations have picked the Otherland series by author Tad Williams. I knew you'd be excited about this one. For the miniseries treatment. Yes, I am stoked. Um, 
I heard about this uh, last week and I was very, very excited. For those who don't know, um, the Otherland series was really my first foray into, uh, hmm, into sci-fi, I guess. Um, it's really, it's cyberpunky fantasy, I mm-hmm. think would be more of a, of a, of a, of a good way to describe it. Um, but yeah, Tad Williams was one of my early, early favorite authors. Um, I think Dragon Bone Chair was one of the first that I read by him. Um, what was the bunnies book? Well, I, I know when we first had our conversations that would later lead to this show, uh, and we were like, well, what kind of authors do you like to read? Tad Williams was like, what the first, one of the first two out of your mouth. I can't remember if it was the first or the second, but yeah, but yeah. Um, and I have to say too, like, just like, they always say like, never meet your heroes. Right. Um, not true in this case. Yeah. Tad Williams, an absolute delight. One yeah. of just like the finest gentlemen and nicest guys and just so interesting and really glad that he was who he is. Yeah. Um, no, he because was, that's he, always cool. He's a, 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 a right, wonderful chap. Yeah. He's not British, by the way. <laughs> Neither am I. I don't know why I phrased it that way, but it just seemed apt. <laughs> um, so here in the in the article um, from Mike Weber, who is the the executive producer uh, who's going to be working on this, says, "I believe Tad has written the definitive work on the conflict between the human experience and technological advancements." Strong words, mm. I have to say. Said Weber in an exclusive statement to Deadline, he depicts a not-so-distant future where the choice between living in the real or the virtual world becomes a choice between life or death. The prescient themes and fantastic characters give Otherland all the foundations of a next-level sci-fi drama series adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be major. And I, I'm really happy that they're doing the miniseries treatment mm-hmm. because I, I just love it when something has closure. You know, I, I come back time and time again to... Um, Oh no, why can't I remember what it's called? The uh the truly, truly excellent um <laughs> Cthulhu book. <laughs> that wasn't really about Cthulhu. <laughs> oh my god. The truly um, excellent Cthulhu help me, book. Help that me wasn't chat about room. The uh the no, why can't I remember the HBO series? What was it called? Please oh, chat room. Oh, Lovecraft oh, oh. Country. Thank you. Lovecraft Country. Count, count Zero. Thank you, oh, Count no, Zero. Licorice or. and Cat Zero Or. Licorice oh, came licorice. out first, but he called it Lovecraft. Discord gives it to Licorice. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft Country. Right, 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 right. Cthulhu. There isn't even a Cthulhu in that show. Just like the, the hint no, of but, a potential yeah. Cthulhu, perhaps. Um, <laughs> but like that being like, you know, a miniseries style, I think is like... I wish there had been more of that. Yeah. And The Witcher. The Witcher has been great uh, as well. The, the live action. Yes, Witcher, just in general. Which the Although folks behind are, The Witcher are doing this, so that's good. We do have our concerns about the next season, so we'll, well see how that goes. Well, that's more of a Henry Cavill-related concern than a production crew-related concern, but I guess it could show mm-hmm. their chops. Yeah, that's what I'm know? saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. how do they make it work? Let's we see. shall find out. We shall find out. We'll also find out what uh, is going to happen to Aziraphale because the Good Omen series was renewed for a third and final season. Okay, that's that's also good. Yeah. I think having a, having an end end date in mind gives it a good good closure as well. Um, that's exciting. And this is the season that is mostly based on the notes that Terry Pratchett made with Neil Gaiman for a potential sequel story the Mm. last season of good omens was 
tangentially based on those notes, but was really created as a bridge between the last series and this series, kind of setting things up for this series. Uh, so this this one will be dealing with the end of the world again. So the la- last one was a mm-hmm. lot lighter. Neil Gaiman says we're going to get serious again. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't our favorite. I think you know I think in terms of comparatively speaking to the first I mean, season, it's so hard to compare to the first season. I found the second yeah. season delightful in many respects, but yeah, it wasn't as Agreed. compelling, right? I, yeah. I, and I think that's fair. I think what they're what they're trying to create here is two really strong seasons with a fun interlude. I think that's what we'll end up seeing season two as right in, in the future. So either way, I'll be watching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you to folks who submitted stories, um, for, I guess Jan must be on holiday. Not, or, a- <laughs> or has inhabited <laughs> Seth because Seth, uh, filling in good stuff. Stepping up, yeah. stepping up. Um, but if you want to contribute stories to our quick burns, you can do so either on Goodreads or on our discord. All right. Well, now it is time for bear your sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Oaken says, regarding the Ray Bradbury-Kurt Vonnegut discussion uh, from previous episode, I found an article on Tor.com on Bradbury's point of view. As Tom said, he did not want his writing to be considered science fiction. Uh, What I think is fascinating is the difference between him and Vonnegut. From the article, quote, Bradbury has no real aspirations to be well-respected or well-thought-of in literary circles and constantly made a point to talk about how writing simply made him happy. So Bradbury did not want to be a sci-fi writer and also didn't care about the literary community. Vonnegut was fine with being a sci-fi writer, but desperately wanted respect from the literary community. Huh. Personally, uh, Oaken goes on, I think the literary slash non-literary categories are really orthogonal to the genre categories. It makes little sense when people try to link them. Yeah. The orthogonal is a great word uh, for that because they're, they, mm. they're, not, they're not separate categories but they're not full overlaps either so yeah they're orthogonal good word word of the day from oaken orthogonal You're next oh well i didn't know if you had anything else to to say no no yeah i mean i think that's we've 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 i i really enjoyed how much discussion this yeah, topic yeah. brought up i think there were a lot of really interesting points um on discord uh, about this actually. So yeah, good, good discussion topic. Ruth, uh, wanted to thank us for the shout out about her article about shadow and bone and said, you promised me to have a couple of prompted. You prompted. prompted. I was like, I "I don't remember promising you anything, Ruth. (laughs) Ruth's like, well, that's not what I wrote. So it's fine. Uh, Ruth wrote, (laughs) you prompted me to have a couple of mini mince pies with my morning cup of tea. Mm, Mince mm -hmm. pies are a seasonal staple over here. You can hardly avoid them from mid-November on. For extra indulgence, try one with a dollop of cream. I should mention that while mince pies don't contain meat, they're not always vegetarian because the filling <gasps> sometimes contains beef suet. Oh. That would be a traditional fat to be used in the mince pie. I would okay. I would expect. So good 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 word to the vegetarian wise. Thank you Ruth. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> not that a is beef fascinating. Suit, I don't not a, not a beef suit. That's, not a beef suit. That's more akin to what Lady Gaga would wear at a concert or good, a performance. Good cultural callback, Tom. What was the Lady Gaga. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. I actually <laughs> forgot what I had just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. Thank you. 
don't get we don't get beef suit moments as much as we used to. <laughs> Not so much. Like we need yeah. more beef suit moments. Yeah. Uh, where have all the beef suits gone? <laughs> That, that might be a title. Someone write that down in the chat so I remember. <laughs> yeah, help us um, remember that one. Thanks. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I had more mince pies. I bought more mince pies Ooh, at the Independent nice. the other day. Um, they were larger. They weren't as small and dainty as the first ones. Um, but I was able to to rid myself of them for D&D night the other night. We had many pies at our holiday uh, celebrations. None of them pumpkin and or mince. They were... What? Ube. What'd you have? Ube pie. Ube, nice. Ube cream okay. pie. So good. Two mm. pecan pies and a banana cream I pie. I love pecan. Mm, yeah. I love, I, I love most pies. So this is kind of a, you know, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't complaining me. about any single one of them. I love all pies. I am partial to fruit pies, uh, but at, at holidays, I don't need them like i can have a cherry pie anytime all year round right so so the holiday pies when they're cream pies pumpkin pies sweet potato pies pecan pies pecan pie yeah it's all good yeah my grandpa made a really good chocolate cream pie so that's that's something very near and dear to my heart um and yeah pecan pie pecan pie is very good as well anyway this is not a pie show I have to keep reminding myself that it will <laughs> week be one day, week. but not today is not that day. <laughs> I, when I drove fun fact, Veronica, fun fact, when I drove mm. cross country to move from the East coast to San Francisco back in 2004, I ate pie at every rest stop that we stopped at. Like whether it was like a Denny's or like a little diner or like a, I love a good mom pie. and pop place. That I sounds ordered like the pie. best trip ever. And it was before smartphones, and so we didn't have cameras like readily available. Um, and so I, I wish now that I had taken a picture uh, of like every pie that I'd eaten and done like a pie across the United States coffee table book or something, <laughs> you know. But I, I wasn't thinking that at the time. Are you okay over there? Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know what's in front of my camera, and it doesn't matter because only you can. You're see touching it. it. You're touching it, though. How do you not know what that is? You're touching it. It's in your hands. You're touching it. And yet. What is Is that a t-shirt? Just move it. What is it? Just get rid of it. I don't know how this part keeps being in front of the lens. <laughs> so weird. Stop <laughs> Touch it again. Touch it again. I want to get Oh, I think the camera got bumped. That's why. And it's looking at the edge of the prompter frame. Oh, it looks like a it looks like a prompter hood. I didn't know you had a prompter. Are you do you write all of your parts for Sword and Laser? And are you just reading a prompter for the entire show? Yeah, everything I've said so far today is on <laughs> prompter. It's prescripted. It's all prescripted. I know I put it through chat GPT. What do you think Veronica will say? And then it just writes it. Did you see the two GPTs uh, doing twenty questions with each other? Oh no, I gotta watch that. I gotta it's see that. Funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. But they they have to stop early because they hit their uh, question limit. <laughs> <laughs> As a large language model, I'm not allowed. Yeah, that's that's great. It's pretty good. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, that's the end of Barrier Sword. So we are going to have a, a spoilery discussion shortly about uh, our wrap up for Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames. Um, but first, I want to hear about Tom's pick for January. Yes. So uh, 
after last week when we mentioned uh, Lauren Bucus and learned how to pronounce her name, uh, I think it was Mark uh, suggested that we read something by her and noted that Bridge was a recent popular pick. It actually was on that tour list that we mentioned earlier. Uh, so I started a thread in Discord and said, okay, it's been suggested we should read Lauren Bucus. Tell me why this is a horrible idea. Uh, because <laughs> I always anticipate that somebody's going to complain uh, about any suggestion. So I, I thought I'd just pre-complain for you. Uh, and it turns out people did not think it was a horrible idea. Uh, but there were other suggestions besides Bridge. Uh, so in the end, I picked The Shining Girls because... I didn't want to read Bridge just because it was the most recent one and have a lot of people say, well, this isn't her most representative work or this isn't what mm, she's known mm-hmm. for or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So so I picked The Shining Girls because that clearly is the one that everyone talks about as being, you know, when when you see the line, Lauren Bucus, author of The Shining Girls, over and over in reviews about her, you realize, OK, this is the one she's identified with. So we're reading The Shining Girls. It is uh, more horror than sci-fi but there is time travel and it's very much like stephen king ish horror uh it's not entire it's it's not like jump scare horror um but you know it's about a serial killer so there's there's some gruesome stuff uh be find your favorite trigger warning site and you know look through that if you if you need to because there's there's going to be things that will trigger some people and you're not going to want to read this and i totally respect that uh but for everybody else i think it's an interesting premise i find the writing to be fantastic uh and you start so you started it already yeah if writing is your doorway uh barge on through that doorway uh get on in there you're gonna love this um i (laughs) didn't like it at first and so i started a thread of like hey listen i don't i think the writing's amazing uh and i think there's a lot of things to like about it but i'm not sure i like this book those of you who do like it please tell me why not because i think you're wrong and i want you to convince me but i'm just curious i i, I want to be leading by example and say when i don't like something i'm not going to just talk about how awful it is but but ask the people who like it, like, okay, what am I missing? What is different? What is it that you're bringing to it that makes you like it that I'm not bringing to it, et cetera? Uh, and so we have a good thread uh, about that going on in the Discord. Um, I think part of it was just, you know, my headspace was not in the place for a serial killer story, and there's a lot of serial mm-hmm. killer stuff. If you soldier on through it, though, it is a story, and this is book jacket stuff. This is this is not spoiling any more than what you'll read on the book jacket, but there is one uh, potential victim who is not murdered and so tries to find the serial killer. And and so you're 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 looking at a you know a, a hero prevailing kind of, of of story. And that the farther you read, the more of that you get, and the better you start to feel about stuff. Okay. No, thank you. That's a good. That's a good synopsis. Like early synopsis. <laughs> or uh, to 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 summarize what I just said, Licorice wrote, "This is a fantastic book. I hate it." <laughs> that's not true anymore. I don't think I hate it now. I'm still not to the end, uh, but maybe by the time I uh, <laughs> I get to the end, it'll be better. And Seth is upset that I spoiled the book jacket. I haven't read the book jacket. Hey, I, I didn't read it either. I'm pissed. I'm so, I, I didn't want to be spoiled on the book jacket description. Please don't well, describe this, yeah. the book. I don't want to know what it's about, but I won't want to read it until you tell me what it's about. It's kind of the conundrum the world has put. Oh, chicken and egg, mm-hmm. chicken and egg. 
Um, all right, well, yeah, horror for January. Why not? Yeah, but there's nothing there's a, scarier there's a time, than a new year. There's a time travel element. I know. I think that was the other thing is I started reading it before Christmas. Uh, mm-hmm. And so part of me was like, I really want to be in a celebratory mood right now. And this is very much not a fun holiday celebratory book. Yeah, Seth, Seth goes on to say, all I know about the book so far is that it's good and Tom doesn't like it. <laughs> Plus all the book jacket spoilers. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, I, I I don't know yet if I'm going to do a, I think I have to do, I think I'm going to do Audible for this one, but I have to finish. Oh yeah, there's a, a multi-narrator cast uh, oh, for the audio book. So mm. yeah, you have different different re- narrators for different POVs, which I've I've found to be pretty cool. Uh, that, that, that's that been pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, so. So you're doing Audible. Shining Girls is about a Depression-era person in Chicago named Harper Curtis who finds a key that opens a door to other times. He and then uses goes and the, kills people. Yeah, and uses that key to go kill people. Kill people with potential. Does he kill Hitler? No, only kills women. Oh, great. Uh, but great. one of his targets survives and turns the hunt around. That's the book you okay. copy. Um, but it has to kill women with potential, not just women like the house oh, demands only, it. only special <laughs> exactly yeah, Tom Mahomes says only special women okay. right the the house demands that he killed the shining girls mm. okay all right well yeah. we'll we'll do that yeah we'll we'll read that book spoiler but it wasn't it was I written don't by think women he wins <laughs> okay okay all right uh let's wrap up uh briefly kings of the wild um because I feel like we talked about this a lot. I just, I really enjoyed this book. It was so fun. This was a, f- a romp, I would say. It was a romp. It mm-hmm. was a romp. It was one of those where afterwards I was like, I miss Clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had so much fun hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, he was like a warm hug of like a, a bear that I just like didn't want to like let go of, you mm-hmm. know? Like, he just seems like such a good guy. He... Overcame so much. You want to put the he band fell back down together? An entire mountain somehow and survived. <laughs> yes. Just fell some f down a mountain. I was like, okay, hand is he just man's? This is spoilery. Man's well, we just had his hand now. cut yes, off. We're, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna spoil now. So if you don't want to be spoiled, move away. Okay, go ahead. Just had his hand cut off. Gets chucked down the side of a mountain. It was really whoo. I was. Feeling like maybe it was going to switch perspective to a different main character at that point, but uh, yeah, he came back, so that was so he's that was good. not the strongest member of this band in any respect. No, he's an essential member, right? Like they, they make Gantelon it clear clearly. They make it clear that you need Clay, right? You mm-hmm. need him. Like he binds the group together, and and at the end of the story, you get the reason, right? He's the guy who I always was very mm, touching. Yeah, who always knows the right thing to do, and he doesn't realize yeah. that about himself. And that was a cool revelation for us and for him. Uh, but until that point, you are sort of going like, why is he even in this band? <laughs> no, I didn't feel like that at all. Really? No, I, mean, I didn't not, feel that. I way. liked him. I liked him too much to really want to care about that. But every once in a while, I was like, okay, so he's not the strongest fighter, and he's not the smartest. He's a and he good doesn't fighter, have though. He's a he's a brawler. He's oh, a sure. brawler. He's oh, like, sure. But he's 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 not the standout. He's no. the he is, and I think I wonder actually if Nicholas Eames would agree. 
he's the rhythm guitarist, mm. right? Mm. He's not the lead guitarist, so he never gets the solos. He's not the lead singer, so you don't see that. He's not the front man. He's not the drummer. What about the bass player? He's not the, he's not the bass player? I, I mean, like if you don't player. have a rhythm guitarist, he's the bass, bass player. But even the bass player, I think, gets more attention than the rhythm guitarist. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I think he was... I mean, I thought it was a very touching scene where Gabe is like, no, man, like you're the leader. Like yeah. I'm the front man, but like you're the leader. But you're the leader. Band. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's like, cool. If, if, if you decide to go do something else, they'll follow you. You know, like I need you to be with me so that everyone, you know, comes along for the ride, essentially. Um, and I thought that was really touching. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we have a couple of comments from the Discord that we can use as jumping off points for a little discussion here. Um, Perezga73, hopefully I'm saying your name correctly, uh, said, as a D&D player, I love Moog's obsession with the owlbear. <laughs> um, I never got to include one of those in any of my adventures. Uh, even while watching the D&D movie, I thought about Moog when the owlbear came out, and I said to myself, that one's for you, buddy. Oh, that's lovely. I love that thought. Uh, I also loved Boog's obsession with the owlbears because owlbears are ridiculous and everyone kind of being overly dismissive of them made it so much sweeter when they appeared. Oh, I mean, you knew it was like Chekhov's <laughs> owlbear. Oh, totally. Like, it was you Chekhov's knew there was going to be an sure. owlbear. Yeah. Um, and I think that Moog was one of my favorite characters too. Um, and he doesn't in my mind, doesn't look the way of any of the artist depictions I've seen. Oh, yeah. In my head. Like, I I strongly disagree with all of the artist depictions. It, maybe he was even described that way in the artist depictions that is shown there. But, like, in my mind, he didn't look that way. And uh, I just, I found him to be so sweet and so charming and mm-hmm. lovable. And I just, like... Loved him. And I love his name is Moog because it makes me just think of like the synthesizer. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's what he's named for. <laughs> I guess it'd be Moog um, if it was, if it was. Moog. Yeah. yeah. I guess it was Moog. But in the audiobook, it was pronounced Moog. Yeah. So whatever. Tomahome just sent a, I, a picture actually of. Don't Moog. picture characters very well. I'm just going to say that mm-hmm. right, right out front. But I pictured him wearing like a Mickey Mouse style like moons and stars pointed hat. Like he was that ca- mm-hmm. kind of a caricature. Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. of a wizard that I like, I wouldn't have put it this way. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if that if his getup was like that cartoonish. Yeah, yeah, I I loved him. I thought he was great. I liked all the honestly. I really I liked all the characters. Um, I think it was pretty clear that Larkspur was going to both turn and then turn again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was like, oh, she's gonna be back. Like she's she's gonna have her come to. I was gonna say come to Jesus moment, but it's more like come to Ganelon moment. Probably in the end. Um, and as soon and, as she turned, I'm like, oh, she turned a while ago, didn't she? Like before that was revealed. I, I didn't right. know it before that. But the moment she turned, I'm like, oh, she probably already turned because she's Larkspur and she's been putting on an yeah. act. But for how long? Tomahome says, like, why did she, why did she be good at the end? So why I th- why do you think she went good at the end? That's a not, maybe not good. Good is, I mean, yeah, maybe she good. didn't go good, but well, like, why, why not turn against them? I think I'm possibly naked self interest, right? Uh, when your boyfriend is on the team, true, <laughs> you wanna, you wanna stay on his side. Plus, the other side wasn't gonna take her, so at that point, there wasn't a whole lot, but she didn't more need to a, like a. She could have just continued right? to be a mercenary yeah, or yeah, like she, do her own thing. She could have just left. 
So I think there was a little bit of a realization that these guys aren't that bad. And also Ganelon's pretty hot. Um, mm-hmm. Combined with there might not be a world to be a mercenary in if I don't help. There might be a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps um, it felt. Uh, well, let's let me keep reading some comments and we can talk about those. Yeah, too. Yeah. Um, so uh, we were talking about like how we picture people and Aaron, Aaron Bell over on on uh, Discord also uh, said there was mention on Goodreads of two other books about ragtag bands of misfits with very similar color design cover designs to um, Kings of the Wild, uh, which sent me looking for fan art of the characters. So here's a moody one of Larkspur that feels like it could just be just out of frame of the cover. And uh, these are kind of fun uh, for this one from Reddit which are uh, some good ones of the crew, including Moog. Let me see actually if the Moog one, if this one looks That one's pretty like, close no, to what yeah, I was Yeah, that's, that's I would a think. little bit closer. Yeah. I kind of pictured him in like jammies. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he's wearing a onesie at one point. Who who mentioned that? I think, Somebody I think, reminded I think, me I think of there that. was like a onesie in my head and I yeah. just like never got yeah, it out of my head. Yeah, Licorice reminded me. He, he's wearing a onesie the first time we meet him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he found a whole collection of fan art over on Nicholas Eames' website. Um, so that was that was really funny to look at. There's some uh, art for the next the next standalone novel, Bloody Rose, um, which is of course about Rose, who is mm-hmm. Gabe's daughter. Um, but yeah, I guess just Moog didn't look that old to me in my mind. Yeah, and like in all of the all of the fan art, he looks like a lot older. He's a little more than everyone um, else. Yeah, even in this this fan art that I like, he's, he's a little more Gandalf than I would have pictured. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not quite as long of a beard. And in every, uh, fan art that I've seen, Ganelog is, uh, Ganelon is smoking hot. So, uh, it should be that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kit, I also loved Kit. Kit was like one of my standout characters. Yeah. Kit the unkillable. Um, (laughs) I wish he had been there for even longer in the story because I thought he was just such a great. I mean, ha- finally having the the irony of having a bard that they can't kill that they can't kill is that like that they can't kill. Brilliant! Once as soon as I realized, like, oh, he's gonna he's becoming their bard because they can't kill him. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So I thought that was quite clever. Um, yeah. So overall, I mean, I, I oh, let me. There's more. There's more conversations. One more. And then uh, Dakato said, "Everything in this book seems so random. <laughs> the author has a lot of cool ideas that he's throwing at the wall, but it doesn't ever really form into a cohesive thing. This goes for the plot too. It's just random thing followed by random thing. Huh. And I don't. I don't agree. Mm. Though I see where you're coming from, and." I think it's because it really feels like a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where you are literally just constantly random shit is happening to you. And so I think that is really kind of like the vibe that's how there's going to be side quests. There's going to be side characters. There's going to be all this stuff. There's going to be the DM's going to throw a deus ex machina at you at the yeah, last moment yeah. to save you from like, like literally that happened in my campaign last week where we all died we died because we came up against an un- unkillable monster. And then we woke up because some God woke us up and was like, I need you to do this thing for me. And then I'll be able to like return you to your bodies. And so like, that that's exactly like, it's just, yeah. I think this was yeah. just like a top down view of like a crazy campaign that it did have an end goal and they did get there. 
And just a lot of crazy stuff happened along the way. And that's just the world that these characters live in. This kind of stuff happens. I, I feel like Dekado uh, fell into uh, the mechanism that, that many, many people do uh, as humans, uh, assuming Dekado is a human, uh, mm-hmm. that, that we, we overstate uh, in order to make our point. Uh, so I, I'm not going to literally dispute that it's, it's not actually one random thing followed by a random thing. It's, it's, it's actually a a fairly coherent plot, uh, Mm -hmm. but maybe not cohesive enough, which is the word Dicato did use, uh, I thought very, very aptly, um, I don't care <laughs> that it's not as cohesive as it could be uh, because it's not that kind of, of story. Uh, and I, I think your explanation is perfect. I hadn't even, uh, I hadn't even thought about that. Like it is capturing the essence of a D and D campaign um, while still telling a coherent story. Um, mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it, it, it does jog. It, it does d- zig and zag quite a bit. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did too. And I was okay with that. I think I, I laughed inwardly quite often at the ridiculous saves, the saving throws that they got. Yeah. Like just like, you know, (laughs) people coming back to rescue them near death experiences that turn out. Okay. Et cetera, et cetera. Rose's hand back. (laughs) Yeah, you know, exactly. Like he just so happens to have a cocktail that can can grow a hand or grow a grow an appendage. So I I like the, I like this yeah. idea. Dwango uh, wrote natural 20s uh and <laughs> mm-hmm. imagine that there can there there will be in an infinite number of campaigns. There will be a campaign with a lot of natural 20s. That one's more interesting to read about than one where everybody, you know, fails in the first couple pages. So I'm cool with that. Well, no. See, I don't agree with you. If, if, if all you're throwing are nat 20s, then that's actually going to be kind of boring because that means you're being successful all the time and in not, everything that you're doing. They're not being successful all the time in this story. I'm just saying there's a lot of natural 20s which make it fun. True. Which is more okay, fun so, than like if you read two pages and they're like, and they all died, the end. For those who do not play Dungeons and Dragons or or have that cultural context, uh, throwing a nat twenty is when you roll your your dice and it lands on a twenty, mm. which is the highest possible. I mean, you you have like ways of of having a higher or lower score. Um, so like a I think a a dirty twenty is like when you have like you roll seventeen, but you have a plus three in like charisma or whatever mm-hmm. thing that you're trying to roll for. Someone's gonna correct me here. Um, but that's that's like but a nat 20 is like you've rolled oh. 20, so you it's just automatically you've you max out on it's not the thing you're a 20 ounce natural light. No, it's not a natty, it's not a natty that's light. A, that's, that's a different. Nat, nat, natty. That's natty. That's, that's not a natty a nat- light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a totally different. Yeah. Okay. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beer. That's a bad beer. That's a bad, bad beer. <laughs> I don't know. I have some pretty good. Now Dragon I'm going to get yelled at for calling related, that a bad beer. Related. To I drank a lot of Light. PBR in my days. I was. I have bias there. Yeah. We drove past the um, Miller High Life sign outside the Miller Brewery in the Inland Empire here in LA, uh, and they have painted. I'd probably been that way for years, but I never noticed. They have painted their tanks PBR. All of the big outdoor tanks of, at the brewery mm-hmm. are all painted to look like big PBR cans. That's fun. I know. I just thought that was fun. Anyway, side note. That's not classy. Side quest. 
but it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Just like me when I was drinking PBR. Mm. Um, <laughs> We're all more classy, fun. Not classy, but fun. All right. Well, this was a classy and fun show. Thank you, Tom. Um, thank you, Veronica. You're welcome. And thank you to our patrons. Uh, our show is Indeed. currently entirely supported by you, our patrons. We love you. If you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Yes. Thank you. Shields. You can also support the show by buying books through our links, find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Mm-hmm. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram, X, Mastodon, Threads, at Sword and Laser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash sword and laser or on our Discord. Find more info over on the website. We shall see you next time. Happy New Year! Sword and La- uh, 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 Sawyer did not pee. Thank you. Uh, happy New Year! Happy New Year! Audio program so good, it's like you're there!